0: The Theonauts, episode 27.
1: The one where the sky may be falling, but we ain't scared. The
0: Theonauts podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter.
1: Explore the vast reaches of God's word.
0: Hello, you Theo homies out there! What up? What up? Yeah, but brother, 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 brother. <laughs> I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr, and together we are the, the, the Theo Man we are just kicking it off
1: man. Yeah, I'm really I'm super excited over here. I'm thinking about making a grocery uh grocery g- grocery store run in just like a few minutes.
0: <laughs> a grocery store run. Yeah. yeah.
1: Surge is back. I just saw it on the web. I'm like, you remember that drink? That was like the oh, greatest yes, drink of yes. all time.
0: I don't know if it was the greatest drink of all time. <laughs> it
1: was really good and and green, I believe.
0: Which <laughs> that adds awesome. to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> that makes it great.
1: Anyways, that's neither here nor there. How's your week, David?
0: Oh man, it's good. Uh I've been like all tense, you know, I don't know if I've been sleeping wrong or whatever, but man, today I went and I had a deep tissue massage. Ooh, yeah, a shiatsu. Yeah, well, I don't know about that.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: I, see, actually, I found out if you go to the massage school, the institute, Oh yeah, you can get for a lot cheaper. It's like really? half. Of what a normal massage is. That's awesome because they're just kids. I mean, they're students or whatever. But hopefully they don't like so, break your back or anything. I don't know. I think I got some bruises, man. This this chick, she was like planting her elbow into me. It, you know, this is a uh, deep tissue. I've never had that right. before, and so it was it was painful. Wow. That's <laughs> but like, it feels really good now. So. so
1: that's good. That's like me. Whenever I was in in college, man, I couldn't afford a haircut, so I'd go to the like the the cosmology. Right, <laughs> right. It's, yeah, same deal, man. That's brilliant. You know, I walked out of there looking like Eddie Munster a couple times, but it was worth it. It's totally worth it. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: so yeah, that and uh man, we've got the, the new equipment. You know, we're tweaking it. Yeah, it's We, fun. we had some level issues last week. Right. And we I, I'm hoping we get some of that squared away this If you time. thought
1: I was breathing into your ear last week, blame David. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, it was more like spitting all over my ear and <laughs> <laughs> so, <a> <laughs>
1: so what about you? How's everything going? I'm pretty good, man. Uh let's see. It's my wife's uh it was my wife's birthday yesterday. Yay. I took her happy out Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. So uh, I took her out to uh our favorite steakhouse and I got me a twenty ounce steak and Oh my goodness! Wow, went home and just I don't laid know if I could even. Around.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if I could put away a twenty ounce steak or not, dude. I threw it down. <laughs> it was
1: hardcore. Well, I walked in there and I'm like, I've never had one of those bone in twenty ounce steaks. It's sitting there right in the window when you walk in. You're like, I gotta have me in that thing, right? So I'm. Finally, I'm like, you know what? This is gonna be it. It's a special occasion. Happy birthday, honey! I'm gonna eat a steak, and right? So I did. Cool. Yeah, it was really good. Well, that's so, awesome. Yeah, I, now I feel like a fat American, but whatever. <laughs> well, that's gonna
0: go well with our. <laughs> it is, isn't it? A little discussion today. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's great. So um, I don't have a lot of feedback or anything, but I will. I will mention that uh, we're still we're still having some good. Uh, Twitter conversations with our friend Saruman out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, <laughs> I had asked him because we were talking about the silly voices. Right. You know? and I'd ask him because, you know, his his uh, avatar is Saruman. Yeah. I was like, well, how about hobbit accents? Would that be, you know, <laughs> <Wouldn't> that be <laughs> overly bad. <laughs> and, and, and so here's his response <laughs> to that. Check this out. Awesome. He says, hobbit accents are fine, but it's hard to make anyone sound so ignorant. Maybe babble about food, drink, and smoking pipe weed. <laughs> so you asked for it. <laughs> there might, that's right. There might be some weed smoking <laughs> 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 stuff happening. I don't know. Oh, dude, I totally want to do a Gandalf the Grey impersonation now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, that's really all the all the feedback I got. Keep it coming there. That's right. Saruman.
1: My uh My sister-in-law actually called me. And she said, dude, I'm listening to your web, your, uh, she's trying to go really slow. I'm listening to your, uh, uh, webcast every, every time I get a chance But uh, um, she, she works where she can just listen to him all the time. She's like, I'm, I'm listening to like one a day. And slowing it down so that I can get through all of it without, you know. And she's like, it's really awesome. So good job and thanks for doing it. And then uh, my brother-in-law sent me an email and uh, corrected me on where I was totally wrong with uh, Adrian Peterson and some stuff. But I've got to look into that and I'll bring that to the floor probably next week. Uh, just to do a, probably a redaction or retract, retraction, retraction on that.
0: And, uh, I just, redaction. redaction, Yeah, just take a black marker and just yeah. scrape through everything that we say. That's
1: right. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, thanks to him for letting me know where I'm wrong. He, yeah. He's awesome at doing that. No, i joking. <laughs> I love him to death. But, uh, anyways, it, so I've gotten a lot of feedback this week. It's just haven't been on, you know, online.
0: Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so, well, awesome. Yeah. So I guess you got
1: And now the news. Well, it's been a quite an interesting week in uh, uh in Christian news all over. Of course, the top two stories are pretty much what I'm going to cover today. The first one, man, it's been blowing up Facebook and everybody's getting up in arms over what's going on down in Houston.
0: Houston, they're yeah. taking away our rats. Oh, they're
1: taking them away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so basically Fox News did a blurb and this is where the, pretty much a lot of this started from was Fox News's okay a uh, big, big big article um and I I don't know about you I'm I usually I like to watch Fox News and read Fox News because I th- I think they're pretty insightful but you know they do lean Towards conservative.
0: Well uh, nobody else is. That's right. So I mean it's everyone else is leaning left. So. Exactly.
1: So they're the right leaning. I really don't fault and, them for that. Exactly. So <laughs> but I like to take them with a grain of CNN. Whenever I listen to it, you know what I mean? So
0: <laughs> a little Clinton News Network. Exactly.
1: So I can kind of wind up a little bit. Anyway, so Uh, Fox News put out this article city of Houston demands pastor to turn over sermons and basically what it says is this the city of Houston has issued subpoenas demanding a group of pastors turn over any sermons dealing with homosexuality gender identity or Anise Parker the city's first openly lesbian mayor and those ministers who fail to comply could be held in contempt of court okay so it's just uh basically list how the mayor is evilly plotting to have them hand over their servants because she doesn't want any uh uh criticism of her uh lb uh L- <laughs> LGBT. lgbt agenda <laughs> and right. uh the city is doing the same thing <laughs> and and all this and i mean it is a huge article and um, I don't know. How much have you heard about this? Have you heard much? Not very much. Just surface level right? Stuff. Well, basically, there's like a, about 400... Um, originally, there was a group of 400 pastors that band together and formed a coalition mm-hmm. um, with some other people and did a petition um, against some legislation that was going on. And uh, the petition was thrown out. Um, uh, and so... They, uh, basically, and then then all of a sudden, it doesn't say anything about anything else. It just says that, so now the city council is subpoenaing their uh, sermons. sermons, They want to check their sermons. And and so, uh, at the end of, this is how, at the end of this article, um, and this is opinion, but at the end of this article, this is pretty much... um, pretty much what it says. It's crazy. Um, this is the moment I wrote about, about in my book, God Bless America. And this is a quote uh, from Tony Perkins. <laughs> I wrote a book. <laughs> Very good. I predicted the government would one day try to silence American pastors. I warned that under the guise of tolerance and diversity, elect officials would attempt to deconstruct religious liberty. Sadly, that day arrived sooner than I expected. Uh, and then it says, Tony Perkins is absolutely right. Um uh, now is the time for pastors and people of faith to take a stand. We must rise up and reject the despicable strong arm attack on our religious uh, liberty. We cannot allow ministers to be intimidated by governmental thugs.
0: And so well, what what was their reasoning behind? Because it doesn't really say what the reasoning for it is. I mean, are we, just assuming, yeah, are we assuming it has to do with homosexuality or did they come right out and say that? No.
1: Now, here's the deal. Fox News never reported the reason behind
0: Right. And that's
1: where. Um, and that's where gonna, you think the spins happen. Exactly. We're going to get into this a little bit later with the spin. People don't, you know, it's important that we stay informed. Mm-hmm. Why do you subpoena somebody? Um, the main reason is there's <laughs> a. Because you want them to go to court. There's a lawsuit going on, right? <laughs> right. That's, but nobody's saying anything about the lawsuit or who pushed for the lawsuit. Or what the topic of the lawsuit. What well, the top of the lawsuit is. And this is what happened. So, um, the mayor mm-hmm. pushed through some legislation and got it approved. Um, and it, it's basically called the bathroom. They're calling it the Bathroom Act. And what it is, is transgendered people can use now use public... Bathrooms that train, either one, either one, if they want to. Okay, now this that's is Christ. of course disturbing, and a lot of people are up. Uh, it got a lot of people up in arms, and they've signed a petition.
0: Four hundred pastors. Yeah, it's like that sign I, I saw one time. It had like a man's silhouette and a woman's silhouette, half man, half woman silhouette, and in a wheelchair. Like that's like the like the guy in the wheelchair was somehow part of this gender mix. <laughs> what and a it's a one holer anyway so right. it's like what does it matter
1: <laughs> that's hilarious or you can do the little alien symbol like <laughs> or the question mark <laughs> anyways so this legislation passed it became a law that you could uh transgendered people could use the bathroom uh publicly guys or girls and so a lot of people were up in arms about it right um 400 pastors got together and did a petition basically um and uh <clears throat> and sent that petition uh to the to the government but they threw it out due to some kind of like glitch okay they got uh it was like over 50,000 or 20,000 signatures i can't remember right but anyways so the pastors sued the mayor's office because for they throwing out for throwing okay. out. That now, so what they're doing is subpoenaing their sermons. Well, basically, the prosecution is just trying to get as much information as they can to build a case.
0: Right. Oh, okay.
1: See what I mean? So it's wow. not. Wow. Yeah. No,
0: that's not what you think at all. It's
1: not what you think at all. What you think is, oh, they're you know trying to tell us we can't preach this or can preach that. Right. That's not that at all. What they're trying to do is find what have you been telling everybody so that we can be ready for our defense right that's all they're doing and uh and it's the pastors well the pastors backing this this
0: group this public group that's suing the government so the subpoena is actually gonna help well well it'll help
1: well no it'll help the prosecution it'll help the mayor's office it will. Oh, well, when you said prosecution, prosecution is, I
0: thought you're talking about. Uh, oh, wait, I'm
1: sorry. The defense.
0: Oh, OK. I get those. Two OK, so it'll help the defense. <clears throat> so they'll still. So the, what they're doing is going to want to use their sermons against. Them.
1: Exactly. But if you're in a lawsuit that you have brought on, expect to get that kind of yeah. subpoena. Well, i bet know? you here's
0: what they'll do. They'll take that. They'll take their 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 sermons. And if there's any uh, anti-homosexual or uh transgender stuff in there they'll say see you're just a homophobe you're just a hater blah 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 <laughs> and I, and so that's what they're trying to do to get to to as their defense i right. think is slander well
1: <laughs> i and i think uh there's a blog um by Dr Joel uh, McDermott uh he's a uh, a doctor who's written a lot of books especially about the LBGT agenda yeah. and all that and uh, the the name of the blog, Is Houston Demanding Oversight of Pastor Shermans? No, he's a, he's a Christian guy. But uh, this is a, uh, he, he gives a really good example, and I'll read this example. Let's consider the example to which Christians can relate. Suppose an openly Christian mayor attended during office hours a day of prayer event outside the mayor's office building on a given date. I have no problem with that, of course, but suppose a local atheist group objected and filed a lawsuit. Let's suppose further that behind the scenes, a Marxist nonprofit group, members of which are friends and colleagues with the atheist group, was supposedly helping fund and coordinate the lawsuit for the purposes of destroying the mayor's reputation and taking over the local city council. Yet the Marxist group is not a party to the suit. Would the mayor, now a defendant under fire, be legally interested in the communications taking place between those groups? Could those correspondence and even group speeches be relevant to the case? Yeah. Oh, see? that's a stretch. Well,
0: <laughs> but that's
1: basically what's happened on either side. Yeah, so, I
0: see what he's saying, but I, right. I, I think that's a lot of presumption that, all that, oh, we're just interested in the communication going back and forth between them.
1: Right. And, you know, there is, I mean, it's, it's, it's shady to begin with that you would subpoena it, but... You have to look at well, all sides of that. I think they know what they're going to find. Right.
0: They're going to they're going to find that they say preaching that against that preaching sin. against. Right. Yeah. So I mean, they know that that's what they're
1: after. Right. So so basically, I mean, if I were a pastor in this in this place, number one, I wouldn't conceal what I've been preaching. I right. would be openly. No, it's right here. I'll show it to you. No problem. Here it is. Right. Now, here's here's the deal. This is not going against my First Amendment right. At all, but the minute you tell me that I can't preach that, right, right, that's the minute it's going to go against my First Amendment right. Mm-hmm. So these pastors, I believe personally, and and again, I don't believe Christians should get all up in arms. I, I saw like, uh, I can't tell you how many. Yeah, there's been a lot of it. Oh yeah. yeah, people have been. Oh, this is outrage and this is against the First Amendment. It's not actually against the First Amendment. They've been subpoenaed because they started a they a started a lawsuit. So um, anyway, so. I just think it's really interesting how we need, how we get news and we got to be really careful. And I've, I'm guilty as everybody else. Um, we have to be really careful on how we, they spin things mm-hmm. because it's always, you know, a spin move. Anyways, the other, uh, um, the other news article I have or news that's going on right now is, um, pastor Mark Driscoll did go ahead and step down. He resigned from, uh, Marshall church. Um, Um, and there are a lot of people that are happy about it and a lot of people that are extremely sad. Um, I just think it's a, uh,
0: so he just permanently, he permanently, yeah,
1: he's permanently done on Tuesday, October 14th, Pastor Mark Driscoll submitted his resignation as an elder and lead pastor of Marshall church. The board of overseers has accepted that resignation and has moved forward with planning for pastoral transition recognizing the challenge of such task in a church that has only known one pastor since its founding. Um, And then they say, we ask for prayer uh, for the journey of head. So Mark, uh, Mark made a public statement uh, citing family. And then the, the issue that the, the past uh, workers are brought up against him. And then, right. Um, his struggle with... uh
0: Well, that past is never going to go away. No, it's not. And as long as people are willing to drag up things that are 15 years old, how do you go forward? Right. Because that could always come back up.
1: Exactly. You know, and the truth is, I'm sorry. I was touching my...
0: <laughs>
1: what? What's that? <laughs> I was scrolling my article. This technology. And I... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, anyways, you know it's it's sad, and honestly, did he make a ton of mistakes? Yeah, as he made a ton of mistakes. His leadership style was extremely brash. He, mm-hmm. you know, he he demeaned uh, right. people that were working with him. He focused on his brand. He had a very strong personality. He does, and and so, but at the same time, you cannot refute the fact that uh, as of two thousand thirteen he had the third uh third fastest growing church in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um that people were well and uh, one positive to know Christ another positive
0: right. thing that that I mean the way I always the things I saw coming from Mark Driscoll were um it was about relationship and not about um ritual that that was like he was so big on that in his presentations that um um you know talking about real topics from the pulpit it would get him in trouble because they were topics that generally have been off limit from the pulpit because some might see the topics as offensive you know talking about sexual uh, things pornography and and stuff like that and he would just use uh you know brash language Around that stuff, but he had a brash audience that That's he was right. trying to reach to. Yeah,
1: so. it was a different culture, mm-hmm. and so he focused. You know, <laughs> one of the things I'll always learn from from Mark Driscoll, I was, always remember and use in my ministry, is yeah, we're talking like he's dead, right? Like he's it, said, like I know it's a <laughs> memorial.
0: It, it's just <laughs> it's really hard. You know what I remember about you know, Mark Driscoll? <laughs> <laughs> he was such a loving guy. That's right. <laughs> 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 no, I'm sure he'll
1: go on and serve in some form or fashion. 18 years he was the pastor, head pastor of Mars Hill mm-hmm. Church. Pretty amazing. Um, but i always remember him teaching content versus context. Mm-hmm. Being able to work within your context and teach true content. Right. And that, you know, that always helped me. But anyway, so that's what I have in the news this week. Awesome.
0: What are we calling this topic anyway?
1: I have no idea. Maj
0: <laughs> Christian, American Christian goulash. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, Christian creature comforts. <laughs> we were talking about. <laughs> Only if it's heavy yeah. on. So this is going to be kind of a mix because we're uh, we're talking about Christian culture, especially here in America. Right, Americanized Christian America. culture. America. So um, one of the things that I thought tied Whoa. in great with this topic. We've talked about this topic before in in our um we've got Monday night studies here at our coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And uh so we had a t- we talked about this in one of the discussions like um um the American morality, the, the American Christian ideology and uh and this sort of thing. And there was a lot of ideas we had um broad age range of people at the, right. at the study. And, uh, it was, um, it was amazing what all came out of that. And so this, this is, is, is a good, um, topic that right. we, that, that we've talked about before that I think is relevant to our time. And, um, well, it's, it's interesting <coughs> to study American Christian
1: stereotypes, because I believe this is a, as much as we look at it, it's, it's a stereotype. We stereotype uh, the Christian, uh, culture phenomenon in America mm-hmm. and whether or not these are all true or, or, you know, stereotypical, um, it, it helps us to, to look at ourselves whenever we, we check this out and go, well, is this really what I'm about? I mean, and I, you know, as we were sitting down making this list earlier, uh, before the podcast, I was mm-hmm. going checking off, making mental notes going, yeah, I'm kind of like
0: that a little bit, you know? Right, right. Well, we can't help but be, uh, like this because a lot of this stuff is, uh, we, we're born, raised, bred, trained, all that. This stuff is ingrained in us. That's right. I mean, because we we haven't known anything. Most of us have not known anything different. Right. Um, uh, man, the, the first time I set foot outside this country, um, Man, we went to... Uh, my family and I went to Egypt, Jordan, Israel. So the very first place I walk out of is an Egyptian airport, you know Cairo. <laughs> and it's so, so vastly different than anything here in America. I was like, That's what? That's like
1: opening for a movie. That's really cool. It's like, <laughs> whoa.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cairo is a messy, messy place. and uh, and And so and since then you know i've been to the dominican republic in the middle of it not the not the party places and uh, also went to uh, of course haiti and you see life in a different aspect when you see how other people around this world live it's well we were talking about
1: uh yesterday uh you know going to haiti right around thanksgiving time mm-hmm. and then coming back and celebrating thanksgiving yeah. and then black friday yeah and Me- what that's melanie like. and i did that yeah in the light of that i can't imagine
0: yeah we went to uh haiti on um like the week of thanksgiving so we came back just in time for black friday and we i can't even put it into words I was appalled by it. This is something I took pl- I took part in it, right? I mean, I was just as sure. like anybody else. And uh, but you're numbed to it because that's all you know, right? And it, but we when we came back from the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere to Black Friday, and you see nothing but all it appears to you is greed at that point, right? And I, I, was just, I, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. It was that affecting.
1: Well, your mind's totally blown. I mean, and, it's just...
0: And so what other things are we conditioning ourselves to? Sure. And so um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up here was oh, yeah. uh, uh, another piece of feedback that I saved to this because it's going to fit into what we're talking sure. about. And uh, in fact, the our, our, our first little bullet point here, it'll talk a little bit to, to that. So this is this is from um, my son-in-law Stephen, who was on the show early on. I mean, he was at episode three or something. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, early on. He guest great guy guest host with us. Anyway, he um, he sent us a, a suggestion via Facebook, right? And uh, here's here's what he says. He says the question I'd like to hear your thoughts on. What is the deal with Christians being the most paranoid people of all (laughs) about almost everything? Not just Ebola or the Houston versus the church's (laughs) battle from this week, but it seems that any news story where someone's health, wealth, comfort, or God-given, in quotes, God-given right comes under jeopardy you can bet you're going to hear about it first from your Christian friends. (laughs) Some will justify the paranoia with a quick beginning or end cap of a prayer request for those affected, or my favorite, just the general degradations of our society. (laughs) But it seems the general American Christian mindset is that because something happened somewhere, it's probably headed to our backyard next
1: dun dun dun
0: so yeah this ebola thing has been going on and here in this area it's probably even more so than a lot of places oh yeah because we've got some goobers over at uh texas presby down there we're an
1: hour away from the uh <laughs> outbreak
0: <laughs> that you know it's like the guy got sick and died there and right then, and then uh all of a sudden the health workers have got it and everyone around like, here is like I ain't going to Texas Presby. Well, right now, like uh, <laughs> I'm not breathing the same air as that guy. Yeah,
1: Rockwall ISD is closed down because I guess a couple of teachers were on the plane of the, yeah. of the lady of you know. So
0: if you were, if you've been in the Dallas area, everyone's like staying away from you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's great. So I got fitted for my hazmat suit this week. I don't know about <laughs> you. But. So and you did a thing at um, at your youth about this right
1: well okay so if i could title this one this stereotype or this this reality of of what it is i would call this i and i said this jokingly earlier the chicken little syndrome (laughs) the sky is falling that's right the sky is falling what's funny is this we as christians because we have the book of revelation and we know we we have a sense i believe we have a sense of impending doom about us. <laughs> and the apocalypse is it, coming. Exactly. Because we know that one day Jesus is going to return. The apocalypse is going to happen. It's, it's going to happen.
0: This Tribulation. Exactly. tribulation.
1: Well, Christians live with the understanding that this world is going to pass away. Right. Right? It's a natural. And atheists don't live with that understanding because they don't believe the world's going to pass away. They believe... Uh, basically, you know, that we can sustain well, a meteor this or something, exactly a meteor yeah. hits or something like that. But I mean, we, they don't have an apocalyptic scenario stuck in their brains right. or taught to them right. from child, you yeah. know, from their <laughs> little children. And I'll never forget, uh, being, uh, I think it was like eight years old and I don't know if you ever heard of the guy, Harold camping, no Harold camping back in 2000 and oh, it was 2013. Was it 13? Was it last year? Oh, was
0: he the guy that was like the May 21st guy? May 21st. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, that was his little known fact. That's his like third prediction, okay? The first (laughs) or the second one happened (laughs) whenever I was like 11 years old. That's right. (laughs) And that night, somebody told me, you know, Mr. Harold Camping from American Family Radio or whatever it is, thinks that that today is going to be the day that Jesus comes back. And I just remember being petrified. And the reason I was so scared was I wasn't ready, right? Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my mom. I'm like, "Dude, dude, if Jesus comes back right now, I, I don't want. I want to live. I want to right. live this life. I want to thrive and everything." And my mom's like, "Number one, Jesus is not gonna come back tonight because nobody knows the day or hour and all this." And <laughs> and then she's like, "Number two, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of this. This should be something you look." The Bible says right. forward to
0: you. We even a, sing about that. Oh, yeah. You know, you know the... the um, When we
1: all get to heaven, <laughs> what a day of rejoicing and, that will be. Uh, what is
0: it? Um, and Lord, haste the day. Oh, yes. You know, from... Um, when my faith shall be sight. That's right, 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 right. So, and well, and the scripture says, you know, looking forward to it and hasting to the That's day. That's
1: right, the day. But if we were real with ourselves, as Christians should be, real with themselves, there's a little bit of fear there. Yes. Right, and that fear is perpetuated. I believe with these little scares. Mm-hmm. Could it be Ebola that harkens the you know yeah, the yeah. second is that like
0: the vial one of the seven vials? Yeah, pestilence. Right, the pestilence is coming. Or could it be? You oh, know, I missed it. <laughs> these rapture guys or whatever. Yeah. Is like,
1: could it be ISIS? Right, so many people are afraid of ISIS. Like, I mean, petrifying fear, and I believe a lot of Christians are because. It's mm-hmm. the chicken little syndrome. I yeah, don't want to get my head
0: cut off while I'm walking down the street. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So uh, the sad thing is, is we're actually told the opposite. Mm-hmm. Matthew um, <laughs> Matthew six thirty three and 34. Okay. Um, let me pull that up real quick.
0: Okay. Well, while you're doing that one, uh, there's another one too. Okay. Philippians 4. and, and four, i got that one. Oh, pulled. yeah. i got them one. Pulled Go up ahead. Head. So uh, Philippians 4, uh, verse 4 to, through 7. This is the N-E-T. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let everyone everyone see your gentleness. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. So be anxious for nothing. I mean, this. there's nothing ISIS can do to you. I mean, just think about that. There's nothing. They you can do. are in God's hands. So, sure, even if your head gets cut off, right. <laughs> it'll be a pleasant experience when it's all said and done. Well, I love, what,
1: <laughs> I love what Martin Luther writes in A Mighty Fortress is Our God. You know that great, powerful hymn? Mm-hmm. He says, Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth availeth still. His kingdom is forever. Mm-hmm. I always hearken back to that. And, you know...
0: Pic- I, what was the, the scripture you had there? Yeah,
1: piggybacking on that, uh, Matthew 6, um Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking. Uh, in 34, he says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient so is the day for its own trouble. Mm-hmm. So we have this thing that says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. I mean, worry about the needs you have on hand right now. In other words, be smart about what you're doing. So don't run into the Ebola uh, place <laughs> and go, all right, yeah, I'm not that, afraid.
0: Yeah, this isn't you know telling you to go handle snakes. That's right. The, yeah. What it
1: is telling you to do is to be smart. And then it says, therefore, don't be... We have to look back at what it's there for. Mm-hmm. And verse mm-hmm. 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right. Or if we are focused on one goal, which is the kingdom of God. Right. And his righteousness. Which isn't necessarily heaven. Exactly. It, it just <laughs> means. The kingdom. The kingdom. Right. Uh, if we're Being focused in his on service. That, that's right. Then everything is taken care of. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have to fear for anything. But, oh, man, we like to look at these scenarios and, yeah. and be afraid. Well,
0: and, you know, something that ties into <gasps> a little bit to this, and this will probably be one of those things that, that uh, carries on all throughout um, what we're talking about today is th- this idea that everyone's afraid we're going to lose our God-given rights, as, yeah. as Stephen put it. Um, and <laughs> so and, and, and it's, it's like, you know what, um, there are Christians over in China okay that don't have these so-called god-given rights right but does that mean that they're miserable people <laughs> no the, the, in fact christianity has always thrived. flourished yeah. and thrived under persecution that's right and and yet we seem to have this mindset that it must be, we must be free to do this. You, we have to, God wants us to be able to worship him without fear of man. I hear these, these same little quotes all the time in prayers and stuff. It's like, you know, thank you for, uh, not being molested by men you know, that we can come together and worship without right. uh, fear of mankind. Well, and I'm not that I'm not thankful, <laughs> but, but, the but the thing that I think that we're forgetting is that we're not promised this. Right. This is not a God-given right. And at any moment, it can go away. And if we're promised this, then I know 12 guys that got the shaft. Right. Right? Because those guys, those apostles, they it all ended bad for them. Oh, yeah. Only one of them didn't get martyred, and he didn't have a good time of it. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. I, I I think that we've got a problem with this misunderstanding that God wants us to be wealthy, successful and free to do anything we want.
1: Right. And the question begs to be answered tomorrow if uh, Russia marched in here and took over the United States and they mandated and dictated that everybody who's a Christian, you know, be slaughtered, would God not be on his throne?
0: Yeah, what would that do to your faith? Right. Well, I mean, it, it, seriously, is that gonna, are you going to turn your back on God at that moment and say God's not taking care of me? Or are you going to say this is this is, is god's my moment to really let my love for god right. shine yeah be a light in a dark place as we keep seeing it's pretty amazing so
1: all right so there's one the chicken little <laughs> syndrome we have seven more buckle your seatbelts. belts i don't know how <laughs> it. it's right.
0: going down that's right
1: all right so number 2 yeah how how do Christians in American culture handle dispute or do we love to
0: argue? And this is where well, as long as you agree with me, we're fine. Yeah, absolutely. I because, because dis- um, I've got it all figured out. I, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> you need to check your facts. I, I do need to check your facts. You're right. No, let me give uh, you a scripture, brother. I'm gonna, can, go ahead.
1: You can see this in America, <laughs> all across the United States where uh, I, and from, Sunday night business meetings to uh, Sunday morning <laughs> sermons to podcasts to <laughs> debates. I'm yeah. telling you, uh, Christians love to argue with Christians. It's just yes. a natural yes. tendency. Um, I, I read a, a great little <laughs> blurb somebody wrote, and I forget now, it said, you know, uh, if you look at the New Testament, out of the twenty-seven books of the New Testament, four of them are the story of Jesus, and the rest of them are telling you that you've done everything wrong. You do you get it right? <laughs> right. I, I thought it was hilarious, but uh, you know, it's almost like uh, we're we're founded on dispute. So how do we handle what 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 do we do for for Christian dispute?
0: Okay, well, um, let's see 2 Timothy two and verse twenty-three. Yes, let's oh, look at awesome. that. I'm again reading from the NET today. Um, but reject foolish and ignorant controversies because you know they breed infighting. So, uh, well, let's continue. And the Lord's slave must not engage in heated disputes, but be kind toward all, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance and then knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap where they were are held captive to do his will.
1: Okay, so the first thing we need to note, notice here is it's not telling you to run away from all the arguments. It's not telling you to do that. It's telling you to flee, if you look up to verse 22, flee mm-hmm. youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from your heart. And then it says, have nothing to do with foolish or ignorant controversies right you know whenever i was a a, whenever i first started out in ministry when i was in my 20s dude uh there were times where i would just love to sit down with other college kids and have stupid arguments and it would get to where you know i'd get red-faced and (laughs) dogmatic about my point (laughs) and ridiculous to be honest with you and you think about you know, that's almost a natural tendency of the youthful person.
0: Yes. To be dogmatic about things. Well, and, and not just the youthful person, though. I mean, uh, yes, that's true. But uh, you would think that as we mature... <laughs> you would think, <laughs> wouldn't you? But, uh, but no, there's a lot of things that... that w- it's a passionate practice christianity right right absolutely it, it, it started with the passion right and it's <laughs> so, supposed to be
1: so, it you're supposed to give your all to it i mean yeah. if there's anything more passionate so it only
0: stands to reason we're gonna we're gonna disagree on stuff and disagree passionately about right. stuff. the here's here's something that i think that we can learn from jesus did ignorant people talk to jesus i mean all the <laughs> all time all the time yeah. and 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 what did they wanted to do is trap him, yeah, right? Sure. They always trying to get him hung up on his own arguments, right? And um, I'd love the way Jesus always handled these things. He never, I mean, the only he didn't raise his voice until Matthew twenty three, I think. You know, he probably <laughs> lost it to that point, but <laughs> but up until that point, he he was very gentle with the people who were opposing him. Sure. And what did he always do? He presented them with questions, right? And that's one thing that we don't really do in this culture but back then it was part of the rab- of the culture of the rabbis and the Jews of that day sure like when it, when you learned under a rabbi it wasn't like what we do we we go to school the the teacher sits up there and uh, pontificates and everyone writes down their notes and then they're quizzed on it right in under the Jewish culture under the rabbi teaching the way it worked was the students Uh, the the rabbis asked questions to the students, and he expected the students to ask questions back. He didn't want answers. He wanted questions that furthered the thought, and then maybe he could even come up with another question that would push the thought a little further. So they learned through questions. And if you even read when Jesus was 12 years old, and, he, and when they finally found him, he was in the temple. What was he doing? Asking questions. He was asking questions. And it said that everyone was amazed at his level of experience, not because he was pontificating, right. but because he was asking smart questions. Sure. It's almost like um, verbal judo.
1: <laughs> if that makes sense right you know, what you're doing in judo is you're using the your opponent's momentum against him essentially right. you know they come to strike you and you step out of the way right mm-hmm. and then you you use their momentum it's the same way with asking questions and it's a very it's a very good way to correct opponents with gentleness um your goal is leading to the knowledge of truth so that they can come to their senses. Mm -hmm. That's your whole goal.
0: Perfect example. The woman caught in adultery. Yeah. They were looking for a fight. They knew Jesus wasn't going to be cool about stoning this woman. Right. So, so what were they trying to do? They were trying to catch him again and they come up, they're all fired up. I mean, they're ready to go. Right. And he doesn't even really acknowledge what they're doing. He's, he's scribbling in the dirt whenever all this is going on. It's like, he's ignoring them. And then he makes that one little comment to him, <laughs> Well, whichever one of you doesn't have any sin can cast the first stone. And it was like, he didn't have to argue with them. He didn't have to, he didn't have to say, well, no, under the law, there are exceptions because of blah, blah, blah. He didn't do any of that. All he did was turn it back on them. That's right. And, uh, you know, it, it also makes me think we'll be in James four a little bit later on, but, um, In James four verse one, and it says, "Where do the conflicts and where do the quarrels among you come from? Is it not from this, from your passions that battle inside you? You desire and do not have. You murder and envy, and you cannot obtain. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. So you can spend it on your passions. It's all about our passions." It's selfishness when you really stop and think about it because you want to be right. (laughs) That's right.
1: And the motive. Pride. Right. The motive uh, is the telltale sign on whether you should uh, continue the argument or not. (laughs) If your motive is purely out of pride, a desire to be right, uh, you need to stop, back up, and not say anything period. Mm-hmm. That's it because your motive is wrong, your heart's wrong. But if your motive is just like what what Timothy says here, which is to correct lovingly correct a brother so that you can bring him, you know, into line understanding, with understanding, right. then you need to be careful and think about what you're saying before you say it and then, you know, do it do it lovingly.
0: Have you ever been convinced of something because someone shouted at you? Never. Never. I have never it, when you get to the point where you have a feeling you have to raise your voice you have got to stop and think i'm not doing anybody any good right. at this point you've already lost the battle you've right. lost it and i have got to tell you i'm for one i have a hard time whenever i get into especially if it's a scriptural debate i mean it, yeah. I, I i can i can lose it at times and i know i'm doing it and i'm like you idiot stop it man stop right. it but i can't <laughs> feel like Paul in Romans 7. The things I want to do, I can't do. And the things I don't want to do, man. It's almost like... Wretched man that I am.
1: It's like your tongue overruns your mouth and you cannot (laughs) handle it, man. Right. So, so, Anyways, all right. So the next one. Moving right along here. Um, Groups and institutions. Limiting ourselves. This is
0: something else that's big in our culture. To institutionalize. What do you you mean by that? Well, our... (laughs) <laughs> belong to
1: the First Baptist Church, right? And I only do. I only give to the church. I don't give to anybody else. Uh, to my I, church, I gave it the office. I gave it the office. That's right. I, you know, I only believe in missions if they're sanctioned through my denomination. Um, I only, you know, participate with my denomination. So, uh, basically. American, we've the, incorporated. Yes, we've Christianity. incorporated Christianity. That's right. We're segmented in different corporations.
0: Well, to the to the point that we're registering our, right. our our institutions with the state government so that we can be tax exempt. Exactly, and and not that that's bad. I've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but but you've got to look at it. Well, look
1: at it this way: Are you a Ford man or a Chevy man? Me, I'm a Chevy man. All right, you're a Chevy man. Well, I'm a Ford man. And at some point, if my Ford ever doesn't feel right, I'm going to go test the waters and check out the Chevy. I might become a Dodge man or a Chrysler man or whatever. And we are, especially here in Texas, we are loyal to our auto oh, brand, yes. right? And our football teams. And our football teams. That's right. I'm an <laughs> OU do or die sooner, right? And that's it. That is my team. I belong to that team. No other team can be as good as my team, except for the Texas Longhorns. Well, but not right now. Yeah, especially
0: since we beat
1: <laughs> them. Last hey, week. hey, we're oh, we're oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. we're in a rebuilding phase. Got to be topic. cool. Okay, okay, okay. So continue. <laughs> Anyways, we treat our church like that mm. so many times. Yes. Are you a are you, are you a Catholic man? Are you a uh, are you Protestant? A Protestant? Are you a Methodist? Or are you are you over there with them uh, uh, Pentecostals? Or are you over here with the Church of Christ? Or are you over here with the Baptists? Or where are you? You know, and and well, my brand. This is my brand, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I might, if I ever get uncomfortable, I might go tra- test drive that other brand. Well, and
0: here's another thing that we do is we throw blankets over. I mean, well, okay, let's go back to the car thing. For sure. example, is a Mustang the same thing as a Ford F one fifty? No. There's a vast, huge B- difference, difference between those two vehicles. That's right. However, they're both Fords. Right. Uh, we, we look at some institution and we go, oh, I know what those people over there believe. That's right. And that's wrong. They don't believe with our. And, and, and so what you've done is you've just blanketed individuals right. with your argument because of an institution right. that they are affiliated with.
1: Well, and this, this is also, this fits into Christian labeling. We get into labeling in our society so much, Mm -hmm. Um, and and they're basically almost the exact same thing: branding, labeling. We and you know, so it's it's again, it's two sides of the same coin. Right. Uh, We like our institution, and then we label everything else. Well, that's you know. I'm a
0: Mac guy. I'm I'm going to tell you that I don't like (laughs) Windows. Right. (laughs) We do this about everything. Exactly. (laughs)
1: it's just a corporate it's a corporate uh american mindset that we put onto our christianity. Right. And it's a you know it's a really sad thing and this is where it gets sad. Whenever i say that i can't go on a mission trip with you because it would cross, you know, cross the the corporate lines. Yeah,
0: who does that hurt? Does well, it hurt me? No, it yeah.
1: hurts the people that we could be. Right, it hurts the mission field. To. That's
0: right. And and so we are so we get sometimes we get so caught up in our little groups that we're not paying attention to what we're called to be what right. we're called to be to be doing which is reaching the world right. and 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 bringing Christ to the lost and healing people i mean that's what jesus whenever he sat there in that synagogue at nazareth and told them this is my mission yeah to, to bring peace and to and to and to break the chains that bind to bring sight mm. to the blind all these things he he didn 't say as long as they 're in this little as long as they 're Sadducees right or as long as they're not Pharisees right. or as long as they're i mean he didn't he didn't do that at all and 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 this this bled over this is nothing new they had a hard time with this the Galatians they had a really hard time oh yeah because you well know, I
1: was going to bring up early christian institutions you you have the uh, um uh, the the, the Hellenistic uh, Christians, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who were Greek in essence, trying to convert. And what, do, what do the Jewish Christians do? Oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta become circumcised. a circumcised person and you gotta adhere to <laughs> this. Like I ain't doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like, What's wrong with you? So what do they do? They segment <laughs> each other mm-hmm. and Okay, so I'll witness over here, and you go you go do your thing over here, and we won't have any unity, we won't right. have any connectedness
0: right. and, and look at, and look at how adamant Paul was in the Galatian letter oh, about yeah. that. He was like, I withstood Peter to his face in front of everybody right. because he was wrong about this thing, yeah. and uh, because he was choosing to to not eat with the gentiles sure and
1: uh, the, a good scripture for both of these is of course, comes from first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter three um, And we can go for when one says, "I follow Paul," and another, "I follow Apollos," are you not being merely human? But when, but uh, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants is he, and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Mm-hmm. The point in this is that we are working. We're on the same team.
0: Right. Quit quit, uh, quit institutionalizing yourself. Right. And, uh, I mean, if, if you want to, to form a little group to go do this task, that's one thing. But don't get so hung up on it that you have ostracized yourself yeah. from the support that that others can provide. right? And, um, you know, uh, Ephesians four, um, first few verses there says, I, therefore the prisoner of the Lord urge you to live worthily of the calling, which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all, through all, and in you all. And of course Amen. we have echoed and trumpeted this issue of unity. That's what is preached here. He's he's not he's not saying find the right one. He's saying you are one. So quit breaking off right. in, into into divisions. Amen. All right. So moving right along here. Um
1: well, this one's really interesting. What else
0: are we doing in our culture? <laughs>
1: Well, and this might bleed in a little bit uh, to an episode down the road, but I'll just I'll just say the the title because I think it's great: online faith versus home faith or genuine, okay, faith. genuine faith of the believer. So, uh, and we all do this. I I'm very guilty of this. I it it all equals out to what What do I want other people to look at me like? Right? Yeah. What do What do I, you want to be seen as? What do you want to be? So they're you know they they post scripture and. They, you know, say, you know, these uh, God bless you things and, and all this stuff. And, you know, on the outward appearance, uh, like Jesus says, they clean the outward cup, but inside are full of deceit. And, uh, chapter 23 of, uh, Matthew Matthew, is perfect for that.
0: I've got that here. Um, yeah, because, oh man, yeah, he's, he's all about telling these guys, and this is where he breaks. This is where he just kind of...
1: <laughs> you ever want to see Jesus ticked
0: off? <laughs> this is near the end. So, yeah. you know, and, and, he, and these guys have been harassing him for a long time. So uh, let's, I want to look at the starting the first verse there of Matthew 23. It says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The experts in the law and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, pay attention to what they tell you and do it but do not do what they do for. They do not practice what they teach. Yeah. They tie up heavy loads, hard to carry and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to even to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by people for they make their phylacteries, which is the, the borders of their garments wide and their tassels long. Um, they love the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and elaborate greetings in the marketplace and to have people call them rabbi. Uh, of course, then he goes on to say, don't be called rabbi, come on. The, the thing that he says here about the phylacteries uh, being wide and the tassels long to kind of gets your head around what he's talking about there is um, the Jews would wear their lineage right. on the borders of their garment. So what this would do was proclaim to the world, I am of the tribe of Judah, and this is my family. Right. And and they carried it along with them everywhere they went. Wonder why uh, David was felt so bad for cutting off the hem of Saul's robe whenever he caught him in the cave. This is why, because that was a prideful thing. Right. It was. This is my heritage. Exactly. I'm taking it from you. Right. And and so uh they would broad they would make those really big like my family is important yeah and uh then the the tassels that's talking about the the prayer shawls and that they that they would wear and it mean uh because you, the talith is the name of the prayer shawl and and it has knots that come off of it the the tassels right. and that represents how much they're praying so a long tassel would it's like a rosary sort of sure so so you know you, you count through the knots but the As longer the
1: knot is, or the longer the tassel, right. the more knots are in it. I'm, but look at me; I'm praying a lot. Yes, sometimes. I'm a prayer. I, I pray. Yes. You so. want to hear
0: one here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So his whole point is is you're all about show, yeah. But that's not what God's after. He's not that's after true. how how much other people think you're a Christian, right? So and, and this leads to all kinds of things in our culture. Um, I mean, and I design Christian t shirts, right? Sure. <laughs> but the t shirt's not a be all end all. No. Use it as a tool. Right. But don't but don't but don't let it that be your uh this is who I am. Well and, and then
1: and- there's something you said just for genuineness. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, and just to be honest with you, I struggle with this sometimes. I'll be on Facebook and I'll go through and I'll be seeing and somebody posts a scripture, right? And I'm like, that's a nice scripture. And then I look at the person and then i I think how many times have I seen that that person on their newsfeed like totally blaspheme? <laughs> god you know what <laughs> right. i mean and i know like, exactly what you mean totally I, just,
0: i've been there too exactly
1: and you're just going and it's that dude th- you're not making a stand for christ you if anything this is not it i mean
0: but at the same time you know then then i'm being prideful oh yeah because definitely. i'm like i'm the real christian a, here i should be the one posting that <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> so the point the the
1: moral of the story here i guess is is genuineness and the, the thing i the scripture I pulled from it, uh, Luke 18, 8 through twenty five. Jesus is talking mm-hmm. about the Pharisee versus the tax collector. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where the Pharisee stands up at the synagogue and he's like, "Oh Lord, I thank you that I'm not like the you know the heathen, and I thank you that I pray five times a week, and yeah. <laughs> you know I give twenty thousand dollars to to help the starving pygmies in New Guinea and and all this stuff." This is Jeremiah's paraphrase. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the the tax collector. What's he do? He he doesn't even raise his eyes, but he beats his chest and rips his clothes and goes, "Lord, have mercy on me, a
0: sinner." Right. You know, he's what God wants, man. He's real. And and what did what did Jesus say? That man went away justified. Justified. Now, and, and once again, made right. Not right. Not not of his works, made right. Yeah, because of his humility. So the point, I, I
1: stop worrying about people looking at you mm-hmm. and look at God, and that's the that's the point. So anyway, right. so
0: so now did did you skip the uh, borrowed. Inherited?
1: Oh, dude, I totally did.
0: Okay, let's. Oh, we've got to cover
1: that. Yeah, throw that in there. Well, are you a Calvinist? Are you an Armenian? And those are labels, but they are borrowed theology. Um, and the the great the best excuse or the best picture of this, I guess, could be you argue with any young theologian, and he's going to be like, "Well, I was reading, and I'm so guilty of this." So every time I throw this up, I'm like, "Ugh." I'm horrible at this, but okay. So you talk to any young theologian, he's going to be like, well, you know, John Piper said in his book, uh, mm-hmm. know, uh,
0: grace, just, we, we rally know. around. Oh yeah. These, well, they become people.
1: heroes, folk folklore heroes to us. And we mm-hmm. rally around them. And we talked about Mark Driscoll yeah. a while back and he was one of my heroes. Right. And he still is. I, I think he's an awesome, uh, pastor. I, I think he was. I don't know. How do you say <laughs> that? But uh, um, but it's really interesting when we make them out to be. Uh, it's like we idolize pop stars in the same way. Yeah.
0: but But, you know, in addition to just, you know, of lifting somebody else up, what we're also doing is we're taking somebody else's thoughts, someone else's study, and we're going, you know what? I agree with that guy, yeah. and and then we set back because we're satisfied right. with our belief instead of developing your own understanding through your own study. Right, and and you know what did what did um, Luke say about those guys there in uh, Berea?
1: Be a Berean, yeah. They I mean, studied the word to see if it was
0: true. He said they just didn't take it for granted. Right. That what we said was ultimate truth, they went and they researched it to see if there right. was some something to this, right. and he called them noble as a result of of that, and that's our charge to you as listeners also sure. is that don't don't say well david and Jeremiah said blah blah blah, because <laughs> you know what well, David and
1: Jeremiah are so fallen <laughs> I've been
0: wrong so many times oh, yeah. and 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 I stand on a completely different place than i have on on issues before and i 20 years from now if i'm believing exactly the same thing about every single thing i believe right now i'm not doing something right yeah you're not be- growing because i will never have all the answers right and so neither will you and i think
1: like a good example of this would be you know i i listen to rc sprawl a lot i love listening to <gasps> R. C. Sproul. he uh he's a really interesting guy and yeah uh, you know, is, uh, whatever it's called. but um, And I like a lot of his theology. But, dude, I totally disagree with him on tons of points. Right. And that's okay to like somebody and disagree with them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't throw them, you know, you should never throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. You should listen to them and then develop your own
0: Okay, a great example theology. of this is you mentioned Calvinism. Yeah. Uh, you've got Calvinism and Arminianism. We talked about this in the last... Right. Okay, and it's like everyone thinks you have to either be one, one or, or the other. other. Yeah. So in other words, you have to accept this man's theology, or you have to accept this man's theology. What? There is no other theology besides these two men's. There's, mm. uh, yes, there is. Oh, and, and so, don't be so close-minded to think that oh, that man's got all the answers. You know, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna follow exactly what that guy's. And and this is not even just about. Uh, pastors, teachers, uh, theologians, whatever. This is also about your mom and dad. Right. And your grandpa. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and it's, and it's like, you know, well, my, you, you I've had people, you know, we've been in a, a discussion about some topic and they'll say, well, that's the way I was raised. Mm. And it's like, are you trying to tell me my grandpa was wrong? Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but, uh, and not only that, but how about the denomination? I, the reality is, is,
1: you know, you don't have to be in a, a church mm-hmm. and and accept a hundred percent its doctrinal denominational stances. You don't have to, and it's okay to not. And you don't, you know, you may be a hundred percenter
0: if if you disagree with them. Present the study, right? Th- that way, everybody grows. Exactly. Ask the questions. Remember, that's yes. what Jesus was doing in the temple. Uh, do that. Ask the questions. Make the thoughts. But, but see, you know, there are so many people out there that were born and raised a, a whatever. And because they were born and raised a whatever, they will always be a whatever. Right Now, if that person had been born as a not whatever, they would be just as adamant about it. Yeah,
1: that's so true.
0: So it's like their theology is is based on where I was born and in what subculture I was raised in. Right. And uh, they haven't searched. They haven't looked. Right. And, and of course, there's many people that will say, oh, I've read it. I, and and I, I agree. But what you do is you go into the Bible with these preconceptions. Right. And you don't really open your thoughts to what else that scripture could be saying. Right. Because you've always heard it used a certain way. So it's all about actually
1: being a critical thinker. It's important to be a critical thinker, you know too long American Christians have been sheep, to be honest with you, have been just simple sheep, herded by the the doctrines of man that and, and bear
0: in mind, this isn't an accusation to anybody. No, we're as guilty as absolutely. anybody else this is this is look in the mirror that's right. what we're trying to to bring up. We're not trying to say, Oh, all you people have it wrong, or you know this is not. Uh, oh they're not being patriotic or anything like that this is just about you know working out your own salvation as it right. tells us with fear and trembling the, there's a lot writing on 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 this yeah don't just take somebody's word for it don't just be a follower right try try to dig and see what does the scripture say yeah. and and what is Christ uh expecting of me right as as well, his it's, it's kind of like uh,
1: you know uh, are you really trusting somebody else for the most important decision that you'll ever, right. I mean, this is life or death. Here. Oh, and
0: how many times you sit down with somebody and you're studying a topic and they go, you know, I don't know. Let me go ask my pastor.
1: Yeah. There's
0: nothing wrong with, with having leadership. But when you get to the point to where you have to rely on a man to provide you, the answers before you know, before you can reason, right. Then there's something wrong, right. That you have to, you have to do a little self evaluation. And, and I think that far too many times we've been very milky, very shallow. Oh yeah. Uh, whenever it comes Inch, to our understanding a mile wide. Right? Right. That's so, right. All right. Let's keep it rolling. All right. Result oriented. Result
1: oriented. Yes. Everybody come to the front. Bow your head. Say this
0: prayer. I had
1: 50 except Jesus Christ.
0: I tonight. know that there are people still out there. We are on the edge of your seat. I know how hungry
1: and tired you are, but we are not going to close this service no, until somebody comes to the front. Let's
0: sing another verse of that song, brother. <laughs> and Just let's, as I am. <laughs> so, oh, so it's man. all about getting results, isn't it? Oh, isn't it's that, so. Isn't that what Jesus was after numbers?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. In fact, there was one point in scripture where Jesus, you know, he was walking along and there was this huge crowd following him. So he turned around and he said, hey, everybody, come join me. I got pizza back at my place. (laughs) That's right. That's what he said, right? Where's the wah, 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 wah?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so think about this for a minute. (laughs) We don't see Christian work as being successful unless there are hordes of people flocking to it. Yeah. That's, that's what, we, and, and, and it's like, okay, well, that's not working. Let's go do something else. <laughs> oh, really? So, you know, the, one of the things that, and I know we've got some passages and stuff on this, but this just popped in my head, that, sure. that uh, whenever Jesus was at the, the, with the woman at the well, okay, they were in Samaria. Yeah. There's a little Samaritan town just right, out, right outside this little Samaritan town. And uh, Jesus has this conversation with this woman. Now, This woman was probably an outcast given the, the circumstance sure. of what was going on. She was gathering water in the middle of the day when it was hot, which meant, you know, most in that culture would have been gathering the water in the mornings with the other women. Yeah. No, this woman's here all by herself right. in the afternoon. Right. And we also get this little idea about her that, well, she kind of gets around. <laughs> and so, um, so you have this woman that people are probably not going to be very apt to listen to. But. Jesus gives her this revelation of who he is. And she's so excited about it, she runs into town. And I love what Jesus tells his disciples when she leaves. He says, get ready, because you're about to reap a harvest you didn't sow. (laughs) So good. Now, there were numbers that day. Yeah. But the point is that it wasn't up to the disciples to go out and find and convert right. and disciple a bunch of people. All they had, their job was to receive the harvest from a woman who was not an evangelist, who was probably not looked well upon, but she did all the work. Yep. And all they had to do is take it in. That's right. But but we seem to be all about, uh, if the work that we're doing doesn't provide uh, what we would call fruits. <laughs> That may not be what God calls fruits.
1: Well, but in the, okay. Out of all the, out of all the topics we have tonight, this is the one that kind of hits me the closest because, mm-hmm. uh, well, um, being a pastor, it's almost like my job is dependent on bringing them, them kids. Right? Right, right. That's a, that's a mentality that mm-hmm. some people now, my church is really awesome and they don't have that mentality. Um, But there's a mentality out there that goes, you know, if you don't have consistently 30 kids every Wednesday night, uh, then your youth group is a failure. Yeah, you're not doing something. You're not doing something right. Now, it doesn't matter if I have, you know, three kids uh, surrender the ministry and are, you know, walking – daily and, you know, striving, you know, I only have three of them. Whereas Mm -hmm. this, you know, youth ministry down the street has like 50 kids coming to their Wednesday nights, you know, and they're all playing around and having fun. So what's
0: this going on? This is a corporate mindset. Oh yeah. This is what we're doing. We, we, we have, we have been once again, indoctrinated by our secular world in how we measure success. It's all done with graphs and charts. That's right. Right. How and many
1: baptisms have we had? Well, the Southern Baptist denomination and this is literally you, like I was in a Yeah, you got to keep up, you got to keep track of that. That's those. right. And we've we've fell fallen 5% in the past, you know, 5 years mm-hmm. in our baptisms. So we're doing something wrong. Right. But, you know, it doesn't show how many missionaries we're, you know, we're sending out or anything like
0: that. It's and, It's and, all about And baptism. you know, uh I don't know, have you have you read Radical by David Platt?
1: Um, I, uh, I've, I have the book. It's, it's, he, <laughs> I've read a lot. Of he it. touches on this in, he it, starts out, he's never. talking about like, he's sitting there before an Easter service about ready to give a, is
0: that, well, no, what I was thinking of is in oh. more terms of, of how he was talking about how we were after numbers, but Jesus wasn't after numbers, right? Absolutely. That Jesus was after radical followers exactly and that's what the call of the book is is for you to be a radical not and you know crazy for your for your love for for, right for for god and it drives everything so um like for example when jesus would tell people things like unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you can have no part of me (laughs) now you it's talking to four thousand five thousand people The disciples were probably covering their face going, Oh no, Jesus, don't, 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 don't don't talk about cannibalism. (laughs) This is going to drive people crazy. It's going to drive them away. And it did. It drove, it drove people away because he knew that the people that were not interested in the bread of life would, would leave because of that. And he wanted to weed it out. He wanted the people who wanted to follow. Right. Well, you have the story of the rich young ruler where Mm -hmm. he says, you know, and
1: unless you give everything away, you are not going to come follow me. And, and uh, and I imagine the disciples were again. Oh, <laughs> don't tell him that. <laughs>
0: like, He's got money, Jesus. You're he right. can really what help us. What are you us. doing? He could could fund all kinds of mission work.
1: Exactly. Then, uh, you know, you do have that actual story where I was talking about earlier where Jesus does turn around to everybody following him and and basically says, if anybody here doesn't deny their father and hate their mother, they have no part of me.
0: (laughs) I uh, I would just love to see what the disciples' reaction to these type of things are because you know it wasn't good. You know they they were probably like, what did you just say? (laughs) Because that's a patriarchal that's right. society.
1: Right. One guy goes, hey, uh, I want to come follow you, but first let me turn around and go bury, what is it, my father? Bury my father, yeah. Yeah, and Jesus says, hey, follow the, me and let, let the dead bury the, bury the dead. dead, man.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> well okay. A, that's a little cold, Jesus. Right, come on. And, and, of course, I've heard all kinds of things that there were <laughs> probably extraneous things going on sure. there that the guy was really just banking a, a poor excuse, and it probably was, but still... It's a radical statement, sure. But we don't do that. No, I mean, We aren't it, like you said. Okay, you got three, two, two or three people that that have loved Jesus so much that they're they're following into the ministry. Right from right. Your, from your group. That's what we're talking about. That's three radicals is worth fifty, a hundred, a 1, thousand, two thousand mindless followers sure who aren't really doing anything but right. showing up
1: yeah amen and that that's what you know that's what jesus is all about it's radical following so mm-hmm. you know this whole idea of and this is what what's amazing is uh this is what drives corporate churches uh to build bigger you know facilities and and house uh, gyms and and everything right, else, right. and to do all these. And what's sad is, if you look <clears throat> at it, uh, the hole in the gospel was a really good book mm-hmm. uh, written by the Richard uh, Stearns. Richard Stearns, and basically he says, listen, if all those mega churches would turn off their lights or stop using their power, you know, power for like a week or something or a month or something, they didn't,
0: you know, yeah. World hunger. I, yeah, I think you said like two percent of what's offered weekly. If you just took two percent of what is been is given to the coffers, and applied it to world hunger, it would eradicate it completely. Right. So where's the focus? That's unreal.
1: Thing? Is it in you know getting as many people as you can to come come to you your know, church? Putting
0: that putting that uh, bowling alley, <laughs> that Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah, we got Ferris wheel at hey, our dude, church.
1: We, uh, whenever I was a kid, we went to a church that had a. a we'd have our Yearly lock in at a church that had a bowling alley, an (laughs) indoor swimming pool, and four basketball courts. Wow! And we loved it. I'm telling you, it's not that there's anything
0: wrong with those things. (laughs) It's it's that we put the focus in the wrong place. Because what are those things ultimately there for? Sure. Because is the message not good enough? Right. Is is the message not enough to keep people interested? Um, That you've got to. You've got to. Are you not entertained? <laughs> well, and, you know we've
1: got to look at. We've got to start judging. Um, we've got to start judging success by spirituality, not not numbers. Right. It has to be spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we can judge. Dedication, success. discipleship. That's right.
0: Things of this nature, and and it's not that this stuff isn't happening somewhere. It's it's happening. But sure. but what the propensity that we're seeing is the large, there's so much a percentage of, of the American population that claims Christianity. Yeah. But the bulk of it is fluff. Yeah. And, and, um, and I know that's, that's just as bad on our part too, because that's a judgmental statement. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so forgive me. I am a sinner. <laughs> but what we're what we're after is not like be like us it's 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 about why don't we all do a little self examination right. and determine uh are we really following christ or are we following after a culture of christianity
1: yeah. and that brings us actually to our last one which is uh entertainment or uh this cultural idea of uh Cult, uh, what do you call it? I guess it's entertainment Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the Christian movies, the Christian books, LifeWay uh, um, Christian bookstores, right, and, and right. All that. Christian
0: music. I mean, we went through that particular sure discussion, but it but it seems like we have to uh, we have to insulate ourselves with certain types of of. And, and here's the thing: I've I've always you know been caught up in because I like producing Christian things because sure. it's in my heart, right? Sure. Uh, Christian songs, Christian writings, Christian, uh, that's just what my heart wants to produce. Right. So it's like, if you get to a point to where like with the t-shirt thing where you're selling this stuff, it's like, there's a, a, a fine line there because you almost feel like, oh man, you know, I, I don't want to be like, this is all about money, but <laughs> But you know, in in reality, a lot of this stuff is. I yeah. mean, they a lot of people know. what well, the film that just came out, the Believe Me film, oh, where yeah. the guys are out there, uh, pretending to be Christian because they know it will sell, right? And they know that they can make a profit, sure, off of tugging on people's hearts about this this uh, nonprofit that didn't exist, right? <laughs> and and so yeah, so that tells you right there.
1: I tell you what, uh, a great story about this. I was uh about four years ago I was sitting in a like a youth function of some sort with a bunch of youth pastors and all of them had on uh every single one of them had on a little black bracelet that said I am second on it. And mm-hmm. I never I'd never heard of the I am second movement. Now right. it's a, it's an awesome movement. It's a great thing. Yeah. It's but I'll tell you one thing. I felt like less of a Christian sitting in that and it's weird sitting in that group full of pastors because I didn't have an I am second bracelet on.
0: Oh wow! Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's, it's not like you're part of the culture, right? It, I'm just you're not as relevant as I'm not as else. relevant,
1: <laughs> and so I'm somehow less of a, you know, less of a Christian, less of a pastor or whatever mm-hmm. because I don't have the I'm second bracelet, and I I have a feeling that stigma it really teaches you something that you, what, where's your focus? Like, what's mm-hmm. it on? Is it on a piece of plastic that you're wearing around your, you know, arm to show everybody that you're a Christian, you know, or
0: is it, you know, uh, the fish sticker on the back <laughs> of your car? Exactly. Yeah. So, well, it, interesting. Well, you know, the, the one thing that I'd, I'd like to to kind of close this on and this is going to be, you know, I, I don't want anybody to take any of this stuff wrong, and I know I've you know kind of crawfished a little on on this, but um, but this is about asking questions. Sure, that's I mean, I, a little self examination. Look around you. Look at your church. Look at where are we? What are we doing? Are we really in in what Jesus's footprints right. footsteps? Are we in sync with what Christianity is in Scripture? Right, and and so. Um, I am torn personally as an American Christian. Yeah. And I and I and I'll explain why. Because there's two sides of of this of this coin. There's patriotism. There's Christianity. Most people tend to think that they go together. And I don't know if they really do. And uh and the reason why I I, I say that is because going back to our very first point about this God-given r- right. The the guys that wrote up the Constitution, the guys that started the Revolution, all these these guys that died for this freedom. That, and don't get me wrong, I am thankful for that because, man, I love my freedom just like sure. everybody else Absolutely. does. But I also know through history that Christianity has always shined greater in the darkness whenever there was persecution. Um. So I'm torn because it's like, do I want persecution? No, I don't want persecution any more than anybody <laughs> else wants persecution. But is that what is that what's going to elevate Christ? Hmm. Is my persecution, or is my freedom that these guys died for? Am I, in other words, am I putting these soldiers that died, elevating them higher than I'm elevating Jesus? Huh. Um, you know, whenever those founding fathers wrote th- that uh, the that um the the
1: constitution declaration of the, independence yeah one of those <laughs> certain inalienable <laughs> rights that all men are created right
0: right when, when when they said that that uh, all men are created with these inalienable rights to right. life liberty, liberty and, the and the pursuit of happiness thomas stop Jefferson, and yeah. think about that were we given the right to mm-hmm. physical life physical liberty or physical pursuit of happiness I don't think that's a god-given right. I don't think any of those are. I think that that the god-given right associated with those three things would be as we had discussed before, spiritual life, spiritual liberty. Right. And that can happen through persecution and spiritual pursuit of happiness that has nothing to do with the American dream. Yeah. And I think the American dream has been a damning thing yeah. to our faith because I I I what we have done is we have let our drive our patriotic drive weaken our christianity that's right well and i it's like um
1: we've been sold a bill of goods here in america, and i i um I agree with you, and then I think about this. I think about all right, what is true life, what is true liberty, and what's true pursuit of happiness? True life can only be found in Jesus Christ. Amen. True liberty can only be found in Jesus Christ, and true happiness can only be found in Jesus Christ. Right. They can all be summed up with Jesus Christ, but what we've done in America is sold snake oil.
0: The physical side of it. Yeah. To God wants you to be free. Right. He wants you to be happy. And he went, and this leads into the you know what has become the prosperity gospel as sure. well, which that's an American product. Sure. It, it, and I, I think that a lot of this conflict in me comes from having been to places that don't have sure life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Instead, they've got uh, death, slavery, and eternal gloom. Gloom, <laughs> yeah, right. But you know what? I see spiritual happiness in those people. Amen. I've met people that are, are, are just fine living in those conditions. Amen. Uh, even though that it may cost them their life. And so I'm not making any major statement here. I'm just asking the questions. Sh- let us stop and think about where Christ is compared to where our patriotic duty is. And, uh, you know, uh, Again, like I said, I'm torn because I'm an American businessman. I yeah. own a business. <laughs> I hear and you. And I'm voting small government beca- <laughs> because I'm a small businessman. I sure. don't want the government in my business. <laughs>
1: Dadgummit. <laughs>
0: so, so don't get me wrong. I'm all about it. Yeah. It's just I'm torn because I see this other thing of Christ telling slaves, be content to mm-hmm. be a slave. <laughs> He's not telling them revolt, <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, um,
1: that's man. That's a whole other week. We should talk about that yeah. sometime. But, wow!
0: Thanks a lot, Stephen, for getting <laughs> that ball rolling.
1: Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Uh, I think we covered quite a lot. So uh, yeah,
0: and we we've, we've gotten to where we're we're running long all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Are we running long? Yes, oh no. So. so we better end this Yeah. One. So we're going to stop there. Um, <laughs> you guys, um, we love you. Keep listening. Uh, Right back, let us know how we're doing. That's right. Uh, I know that this that topics like today have got to produce some opinion. That's right. <laughs> it's got to. So let us know. Good or
1: bad. Tweet us at Theonautical. Uh, call us. Yeah. What's the phone number?
0: 972-885-7270.
1: You can also get in touch with us through Facebook, uh, Theonauts. Uh, Facebook.com slash Theonauts. You can get in touch to us through Instagram at Theonauts, or you can get in touch to us through uh, the th- newsletter newsletter,
0: gctnetwork.com right. slash newsletter. That's right. Yeah. I see Michael's straightened me out. That's cool. <laughs> so Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks David and God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.
1: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission gctnetwork.com.